Well, hello everyone. This is Dr. McCollum, and this episode of the Foothills Wellness Retreat podcast it has Teresa White. And now I interviewed Teresa White on my podcast um, before the last Foothills Wellness Retreat, and it was a great interview. So we're going to use it again so you can get to know uh, Teresa and the things that she'll be sharing at the Wellness Retreat. Uh, now she's been teaching Kundalini Yoga for many years. And this one, she's doing a workshop that's going to teach you how to relax the mind and body at the cellular level. And she's going to be doing her like sound bath uh, therapy with the gong, which is absolutely fantastic. So uh, this is definitely one you don't want to miss at the wellness retreat. And uh, you're definitely going to enjoy this interview with Teresa White. Welcome to the Foothills Wellness Retreat Podcast, where we discuss the next Foothills Wellness Retreat interview presenters, and share with you wellness opportunities here in the Foothills community. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and our co-host is Lisa Moraz, the founder and director of the Foothills Wellness Retreat. Well, welcome everyone to the Five Elements of Letting Go. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and today with me I have Teresa White. Now, she's been a Kundalini uh, lead teacher trainer um, here in Okotoks for, I don't know, I know you've been doing Kundalini for 20 years. Yeah, You've been in Okotoks yes. for close to that? Uh, I've been in Okotoks since 2008. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you've been, you do a lot of breath work, functional alignment, movement, meditation. You do the sound therapy. You bring your big uh, bowls with you. Oh, some fun at Gong. Oh, Gong. Yeah. Gee, gee, wow. And I, I think I've been... I've been to some of the joint stuff you did a long time ago, mm-hmm. um, but I found that I am not tough enough for Kundalini yoga. <laughs> oh, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> My shoulders get real tired. <laughs> it's it's not all tough, and it doesn't have to be. It's for everybody their own pace. Yeah. So. It may have been who the instructor I had that time or the couple of times I've been, but it's always, to me, it's always this feeling of, okay, oh, oh those are your limits? Okay, we're going to go a little past that. <laughs> well, we don't want to scare anyone off here, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about finding your own potential. And mm-hmm. so there's different ways to do that for sure. But exactly. it's also about your your own uh, limits and your own self-awareness. And that's the key about this yoga is uh, finding out who you are, on the mat so mm-hmm. that you can take that with you when you leave the mat and you have a little bit more understanding of how you can be in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure most people listening, mm-hmm. when they think of yoga, think of Hatha yoga mm-hmm. being the postures and the movements. But there's lots of forms of yoga. Yes, there are. And Kundalini um, is one of the ones that, I don't it's, uh, pops up here and there, you know, kind of ha- has its moments. Um, it may not be as popular as Hatha Yoga, but it's been around just as long, maybe longer. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a combination of a few yogas. It has a lot of Hatha in it. Excuse me. Um, but it, uh, it, it takes a lot of uh, different uh, traditions, I guess, and uh, um, it primarily focuses around powerful breath work, meditation, mantra, so sound, and uh, and movement. So putting that all together, in quite, sometimes quite an unusual kind of recipe, but, uh, you know, sometimes people go, well, this is 
kind of a weird posture and other times it's a very traditional yoga posture like downward dog or something like that so mm-hmm. um it just depends and it's always a sequence of different postures that create uh, a very specific uh, effect that we are after so you can do it sequence of postures that's working on um let's say balancing the nervous system or trying to clean out your liver or uh, strengthen the kidneys or the heart open up the lungs so we can do something more physical versus um, something also more esoteric so maybe working on the aura or clearing the mind alleviating depression mm-hmm. so there's quite a broad range there's multiple different meditations that can help you with anything really um, and so it's just about your own experience it's about going within we traditionally practice with the eyes closed if you feel comfortable and then you just journey on what you're experiencing. So it's always coming back to the breath, noticing how you feel in the body, what sometimes the posture is triggering. So you allow that posture to be a, a teacher for you in that moment, which mm-hmm. is what all yoga is about, that union of mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. And now again, I, I believe, if my memory serves me correct, um, is it called sadhana, which is the morning... <laughs> Ritual or routine? It's very good. Sadhana means daily practice. Okay. It's the direct translation of the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's an early morning sadhana. That's the one I'm talking about. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> well, it's, it, you don't have to do it. <laughs> but again, a lot of, most of the yogic traditions come from India. Getting up before the sunrise is a, a big part of the practice and especially um, setting yourself up for the day. Um, you know, it, to create that mental balance and wellness, which is obviously what we're focusing on. But when we get up earlier than the sunrise, which obviously differs at different times of the year, especially here, especially in the northern hemisphere, <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's just a much quieter time of the day, obviously, because everyone else is asleep. But mm-hmm. that the frequency, the vibration of of the world where you are is very calm. So it's a much more conducive time to meditate. So when we we can just allow ourselves to be still and we're also not in that dream state, which is often where our subconscious is playing havoc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can have some very real dreams and we can wake up feeling, oh my God, that was real. Yeah. Um, so when you're in a deeper state of meditation at that time of the day, you can also, th- those things will come up, but then you're in charge. You're not like waking up and being like a victim to the dream, mm, so to speak. Okay. And so this allows you to get to know yourself a little deeper about those things that maybe you haven't dealt with in life that run the show on a on a subconscious level, uh, where we kind of keep going with certain behaviors and beliefs and all of that, that we've kind of just had a hand-me-down generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so any practice, whether it's early in the morning or uh, any other time of the day, but early morning is more conducive. It's going to always support you in creating that space you need to listen to your intuition. So the, that inner voice where you can get to know yourself a little bit better, mm-hmm. more deeply and understand how you work so you can choose how to act rather than just react all the time yeah. to certain situations because that's what you've always done or your mother always did that. So it just gives us a little bit of perception um, about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think the sudden that I think I've attended a couple of them, but yeah, I think uh, they're about have. two and a half hours long. The ones <laughs> I 
So, yeah. And as, as long as that sounds, it did go very fast. Okay. Um, and, I, and I think it was like broken up in different sections. I think there was. It is. There's a some, structure to it. Yeah. So this, yeah. Yeah, this, this type of satna daily practices, like traditional to the Aquarian satna. So that's what they'd call it to do with this Aquarian age we're in. But it okay. would be a, a combination of like a, listening to like a sacred prayer that's held in the, in the Sikh tradition and then um, a yoga set, a yoga kriya. Um, and then um, we would chant for, two and a half, uh, for an hour after that. So you pretty yeah. much have, um, you know, like 40 minutes of yoga, 20 minutes of this other little prayer chanting. And when I say prayer, it's not religious at all. It's really just sets a frequency, a vibration. And it's uh it's in uh ancient Gurumukhi um mm. language that doesn't really it's not it, it's sort of Punjabi uh, took that over essentially. So mm. um yeah it's just in a beautiful frequency. People can lie down. They don't have to you'd actually just come and lie down the whole time and yeah. just be in the sound current and yeah. that that does the trick. My snoring is my chanting. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Whatever you bring, that's what's meant to happen. <laughs> yeah, you can lay around, and everyone else's hard work is adding to the exactly. the chi in the area. So no matter what, you're going to benefit. You're going to benefit. You're sleeping. Exactly. Yeah, you know what? You laugh, but it's true. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> exactly. People show up in their pajamas. It's all good. <laughs> mm -hmm. And now, like I, I know a few Kundalini instructors, and it seems that there's a lot of um, a lot of them kind of gravitate to work with trauma and addictions. Uh, now, why why does Kundalini seem to kind of help with those areas? Why? What? Well, I think it's because it it kind of cuts through things pretty quickly. Um, and it's not to say it, that's the only thing that people are um, drawn to, but yeah. it definitely and stir things up quite a bit. But I think it's, again, coming around to this area of um, developing your self-awareness. So mm -hmm. when people are hungry to find out uh, why they do things a certain way, why are they addicted, uh, what's what's that underlying driving force? So it's like mm -hmm. it, it just allows you that safe container to peel back the onion layers, essentially. Mm -hmm. And we're all, <laughs> we're all large onions with many, many layers. So... Um, because the the um, the practice can really kind of drill down just because of the potency of moving and breathing and sound current. It all kind of works together and it affects the chemistry of the brain. Um, it, when we uh, we work the tongue, we work the vagus nerves, we're creating vagal tone. It allows a lot of release in the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, we're affecting the hypothalamus by striking the tongue on the roof of the mouth. Um, you know about all your meridian points, of course, mm -hmm. yeah. but it, it does affect the 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 secretion and the chemistry of the brain, and that allows a, a, a more sort of whole sense of your well-being. And that's in meditation. I mean, that's an ancient um, practice that's been around with the yogis for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, the the tr Perhaps people come to the Kundalini Yoga because it does help move things so quickly. I don't think everyone always knows what they're in for, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it can. Uh, a lot of people who come to my classes, they always sort of say, "Wow, yeah. <laughs> what just happened? Mm -hmm. I just feel so different. I feel so amazing. I'm sleeping better. 
um, things are shifting. I see things in different in a different light. Mm -hmm. So it's not always that you know that that's what's going to happen when you start. But we all we all bring baggage with us, no matter how we perceive our childhood. There's always things in there that we're maybe we haven't addressed, and so it just allows us to dig a little deeper and find, you know, find a safe and sort of gentle way to maybe mull through a few things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, what is it, uh, Dr. Gabor Mate you know, mm -hmm. talks about addiction, that it's, you know, 95% of the people he ever treated, the root of addiction is trauma. Absolutely. And so, and I, and I was talking to someone the other day about this, you know, they had mentioned, a, you know, a particular time in their life to their parents, it was very difficult for them. And, you know, this particular year was really hard on me. And... You know, their parents were like, oh, you're fine that year. That was, it was no big deal. <laughs> and just dismissed them. And of course, that's just another layer of trauma. Exactly, <laughs> but, exactly. But this, this idea that, um, and I think this is where a lot of people don't understand about trauma, is that it's when we don't feel we're heard or understood or, or we're supported. Yeah. Um, so you can have a traumatic experience. But if you're supported, understood, and, you know, uh, validated through that experience, it can just be a stressor rather than trauma. Absolutely. Yeah. And when we dismiss people's trauma, because, they, again, um, we don't know whether they're supported or not. And when we don't, when we dismiss, we're not supporting. Mm -hmm. But also that trauma is a perception based off their experience and their life experience and if you've had a pretty easy life, small uh, issues can be traumatic. Absolutely. Because you, know? you don't have as much resilience yeah. and stamina too. Yeah. yeah. And if you've never had to address it before or you've never had that support before and it's just not there, it becomes trauma. And some people who have had, like maybe this person's parents had a lot of trauma never held supported in it they're martyrs they just ignore it and mm -hmm. they're just like oh you're fine yeah you soldier on <laughs> and again there's you know there's room for resiliency and letting go and moving on but when you don't address it properly and feel supported and given that strength you can't move on yeah absolutely. so yeah. yeah i think the key to the trauma piece too is it's like the acknowledgement of it, but understanding it so that it takes, so you, it doesn't have that hold on you anymore. Yeah. And as Gabor Mate says, I mean, his work's amazing. Um, you know, he says the trauma is not necessarily the event that caused the trauma anymore, mm -hmm. but it's it's the, the trauma is now the separation that you have from who you were before that yeah. event. Mm -hmm. And it's this gap that we're, the void that we feel, that disconnect from our soul, from who we truly are. And that's that's the perpetuating trauma that we're living in. Yeah. And that's what makes it so difficult as adults to navigate because we're trying to come back to that, but we don't have a strong foothold of knowing knowing how to do that. Yeah. And the piece of, like with Kundalini Yoga and coming back to that, like why so many people are attracted to it, it, it strengthens the nervous system so much um, as well as, Balancing the endocrine system, which is of course responsible for all the hormone secretion. Which, when our hormones are out of whack, then we're more susceptible to mood swings. But it just 
that practice gives you far more um, uh, balance all around in the body. But that strengthening of the nervous system gives you that resilience that you need. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like if you, if you think of a tree that just the roots grow down or wide and it is never exposed to any wind or storm or severe, you know extreme weather it's never going to have a very secure root system mm-hmm. because it's never challenged yeah but if we as humans if we you know we obviously all experience trauma on some level but if we've never really had that um resilience and we've never been tested then we will get swept along with the emotional tide or whatever it is we won't mm-hmm. know how to withstand that pressure that especially yeah. in these times we're experiencing and this yoga really does help, uh, you know, give you that uh, strength to just be steady and say, you know, I remember who I am in this mm-hmm. moment. I'm not going to get swept up by whatever else is going on around yeah. me. That's very cool. You know, it's interesting. I think, you know, breath work in general is this amazing tool. And, of course, uh, probably one of the oldest forms is kundalini (laughs) pranayama Pranayama, you know but it's there's uh it's definitely having a resurgence lately you know it just seems kind of everywhere i go it's either people are talking about wim hof or (laughs) uh now there's the um and again i'm not a big fan of this but now there's the breath work for the for success oh yeah and it's you know there's this one guy who I think, you know, he seems very, you know, intelligent and knows knows the stuff. And so I was like, oh, he's got a new book out on, uh, um, I think it was on like, you know, the six steps of meditation. And so I'm listening to the first part of the first chapter before I'm thinking of getting it. And then he goes in and he's all about, oh, all these, I interviewed all these CEOs and, you know, these this and this professional and these techniques are what gets them. And I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't want success breath work. I don't want six, you know. But <laughs> just want to be here now. This <laughs> obsession of using spirituality and health and, you know, these tools that were to help ground us in the moment. Mm-hmm. Everyone's trying to sell meditation and breath work and all these things. For success. And unfortunately, our main religion now in the Western world and pretty much the whole world now is capitalism and, mm-hmm. you know, growth. Yeah. And, you know, and when we subverse vert these tools for that, I don't think people are going to get out of it what yeah. they need. Well, like if they're not coming in with the right intention, I think you've got to come in from a place from the heart. because. Yeah. Meditation, if you don't meditate from a heart-centered energy, it's not really going to work that well mm-hmm. <laughs> in the sense of what are we trying to achieve? Yeah, You're trying to get back to your center, try to ground. And for us to be successful human beings, I, mean, I really believe we've got to live from the heart, be compassionate to ourselves first and foremost. Yeah. And then that spills out over to everybody else. And in this world, we desperately need more compassion yeah. and tolerance and understanding um but if everybody's doing it with the motive to oh i'm going to be successful now because i now know how to breathe yeah. <laughs> that's great but <laughs> maybe in that journey i'll get some more consciousness too but um yeah i did some other training uh oxygen advantage some more breath training during mm-hmm. covid yeah. um 
became an instructor in that. And that was fascinating too, just to understand how the brain works in relation to, um, you know, our levels of carbon dioxide. And so we're always like, oh, CO2 is bad, O2 is good. Yeah. But we need this balance. Mm -hmm. And um, it actually gives us far more um, stamina if we can learn how to tolerate more carbon dioxide. And we need a certain amount in the body so we can get enough oxygen to the cells. So if we're hyperventilating and we're breathing too quickly because we're stressed and Mm -hmm. we're panicking, too much oxygen makes us faint, keel over. And that's basically too much of that isn't allowing us to release it into the tissues. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're, we're doing all this, these fancy breathing techniques, but the bottom line is we just need to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, slow down, take some good conscious deep breaths, learn how to breathe. Because I think there's also a lot of um, uh, misinformation on, on the mechanics of breathing. And people breathe so much in the upper chest mm-hmm. anyway, but we also need that strength of the abdomen to hold everything in place so that the rib cage can expand in all directions, yeah. not just, you know, up and down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, you know, there's, there's so much richness to all of this to help enrich us to feel better about ourselves. And, um, and it's, it's right here within mm-hmm. us. Yeah. I remember oh, about, I don't know, almost 20 years ago now at a patient that come in, she was in her late eighties. And her daughter brought her to me and it's like, we don't think she has much time left, you know, like within like a matter of months, mm-hmm. but she's got really bad neck pain. We're hoping you could help her. I'm like, okay. So I'm working on her neck, some acupuncture. And then as she's laying on her back for the second half of the treatment, I'm watching her and she does not know how to breathe at all. Like, yeah. you know, that breath where it gets in the lower throat only not even to the chest and you know and that's when when i start to see that that's when you know they're getting close and i'm like we need to we need to teach you how to breathe again <laughs> and yeah. so we just took about five minutes just going over breath and you know teaching her to feel how to do the abdominal breath again and slow it down and you know, focus on that and uh she was a patient for another eight years oh, wow that's and I think her daughter wishes he never had brought her to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Near the end, she was so deaf, she could not hear me because my voice was too deep, but she could still hear her daughter. But she would come and sit down and she'd be like, why won't God take me? <laughs> and I'm like, because you have to stop coming to see me. <laughs> sweetest lady but it makes a huge difference and it's um you know i i know myself uh all before covid i used to do a reynolds revenge which is a uh 25k trail run Mm -hmm. up through um the nordic center in canmore oh yeah so up and down the mountain nice and the first time i did it uh i struggled it was it was you know i finished but um, uh, when I came back the next time, I had read that book, The Oxygen Advantage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did that one, uh, the whole race, just breathing through my nose. And how did you do? I, I beat my time by like 20 minutes. <laughs> but because um, there's this part of you in your head that's like, I need to breathe more. I need more oxygen. And this is where, like, my son and I, uh, we usually meditate every evening together. But in the last 
three or four months, we've been doing breath work mm-hmm. instead of meditation or breath work and meditation. And so we've been researching a lot and looking what's out there. And there seems to be the, you know, uh, the success motivated people. There's the Wim Hof. Mm-hmm. There's the yoga. And then there's the, um, we're going to breathe like crazy for three hours until we have a psychedelic experience and you break down in tears. And and they think they're like, and the, the terms I've heard from people is like hyper oxygenating the brain. And I'm like, no, because you, you, when you read the oxygen, man, it's the exact opposite. It they're is. actually... Uh, starving the brain it's actually almost becoming toxic with co2 (laughs) and they're having these you know what they think are these incredible you know uh, spiritual experiences or Mm -hmm. and they're you know like hands are cramping up and they're shaking and you know all these things but uh you know, although Kundalini's long, it's not this. <laughs> so not that. Because <laughs> it seems to be that's the new thing. Uh, Everyone are... sees uh, different kinds of experiences for sure. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, to me, that's you know, great. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. That's mm-hmm. great. But yeah, I think it's more about power, harnessing the power of the breath to bring good health yeah. and and longevity. Uh-huh. And you know, if you get the other psychedelic trip along the way and that's your another goal right yeah, but yeah. I, yeah. I think if that's if that's something you're looking for that's a that's a good experience every now and then but i, that's not, I don't yeah. think that's very sustainable not at all and i don't think it's particular like you may release some trauma or something if it's directed properly you might get some uh, some relief that way but i was talking to my son about you know how does that really help someone deal with their anxiety to prevent a panic attack or they're having a panic attack how can they use their breath? How can they use exactly. meditation yeah. in the moment, in real-life situations? And that's where the gold is for me because that's yeah. what I loved about the Oxygen Advantage was, you know, there's so many different breathing patterns and they're very clear about, like, if if your client feels anxious at all, then that's that type of breath. You never want to raise anxiety or stress when you're trying to do breathing therapeutically. Yeah. You're, you're trying to help release and bring more calmness. So breath of fire and all those fast, shallow yeah, breath breaths. of fire is actually quite is that good. a good one for anxiety, or would that it can would that be. be elevating too much? It, it does. It actually balances the nervous system both ways, parasympathetic and oh, okay. sympathetic. But um, I would honestly, for anybody who has a lot of anxiety, I would just focus on on the breath or like a of the box breathing. Yeah, just something, something slow, slow and controlled. And, yeah, and yeah. even whether it's just focus on the inhale and let the exhale just be passive, let it just yeah. float out of the body. Yeah. And then just just to bring them and land them into their senses. Notice how it feels, how it, you know, how it, how you, um, what it sounds like, things like that, because that gets you out of the mind of what's creating the anxiety. Just mm-hmm. be here now in your breath, in your body, and that really helps. Yeah. You know, put the anxiety aside for even just a moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think all of us need to practice some form of breath work or other. Everyone should have a practice for it. Um, and then then with anything, it's just finding the path that fits you, that calls to you, that fits your energy and what you're looking for. Like, if you're looking for a nice solo practice, there's lots of great options out there. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've learned 
you know, uh, you know, interacting with the Kundalini community uh, and seeing a lot of patients that do it, it provides a true community. It does. Doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, there's definitely a, a connection. I think from the experience in the class, I also always bring um, what we call yogi tea, but it's a, it's a chai. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we always share that after class. And it's an Ayurvedic uh, recipe that uh, helps to strengthen your immune system and just ground you, especially after meditation and a practice and the, the gong bath. Um, and that's honestly, that's, one of the most favorite times of the, the class is everyone just comes together and there's this deep connection. So it is really community. Um, and I think that's what people are so desperate for these days is it's that sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. um, and when you do have a, a very deep experience in your own practice, but you're in a group consciousness and, you, and you're in that group energy, there's something really um, safe and beautiful about experiencing that with other people. Mm -hmm. So it just extends that into, you know, out into the, the greater community. So I, I really value that. And that's been something I've always enjoyed so much in this practice and being able to offer a space for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've had very similar experiences to me. Like, you know, again, I've been teaching meditation for, I don't know how long. <laughs> Many years. Yeah. But when you've got a group of like 40 people, <laughs> in a room and we're all in sync and breathing together and you know letting go as a group it is a beautiful thing and you know i think having that that it's something that each person is honoring but we're doing together you know it's uh you know quote unquote can be a spiritual experience um you know we're not uh again I have a, and some people listening may have similar experiences, but I have a, a huge aversion to religion with my experience in my past. Mm -hmm. And so I have difficulties uh, doing group things because of that. Right. And so finding one that I feel, you know, safe in, I'm not being uh, sold anything in quotes here you know yeah, you where, have to drink drink the kool-aid yeah and and i will admit that some of my experiences initially in kundalini i but it's my perception mm -hmm. and my experience in that you know see everyone all dressed in white <laughs> you know and i just want to reassure everyone that it's not that <laughs> not it, but it's just another way as a community to feel a oneness and connection. I think that's probably, you know, this white is this kind of symbol of purity and yeah, you know, cleanliness I, in the, within the group. But it, when I see, because again, uh, um, I remember several years when, whether it's a group you were teaching or someone else in town was teaching, we would all like go to home ground coffee at your break and there'd be like a dozen Oh, that was people. during a training. Yeah, yeah, all, all dressed in white. <laughs> And it's it's beautiful. It's a it's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and that part of the community, the, the Kundalini community has gone through quite a lot of changes recently. Because um, of COVID mainly or uh, no, uh, just a bit of a shake up in terms of uh, the organization and mm -hmm. um, the, the person who brought the yoga to the West Yogi Bhajan. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of truths like many of uh these spiritual communities um, in this in the last little while, some truths have come out about mm -hmm. you know maybe he wasn't 
such a great guy or yeah. <laughs> he got up to some pretty, you know, awful things. Um, but yoga is still an amazing practice. So yeah. th there's been a bit of a shakedown. So mm -hmm. when we say, you know, like wearing the white, I always say to people, you show up in whatever's comfortable. Yeah. You don't have, you can wear whatever color you like. You can cover your head if you want. You don't have to. It's whatever speaks to you. It's going to be yeah. your truth. And the community is still, to me, one of the best blessings of this this practice. Um, that and obviously the actual yoga, because it's the moment I sat on the mat, the first time I ever did this yoga, I had come home in mm -hmm. myself. Something shifted in me that I've been looking for, um, you know, whatever, 23 years ago. So, you know, and it's, it doesn't always speak to everybody. And I had people that come back you know, maybe 10 years later and they say, you know, I did your class and, you know, it wasn't for me, but I keep thinking about it. I need to come back. And then they, they say, it's, this is the right time. They're ready now. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, you know, sometimes we, yeah, we're not ready mm -hmm. and it's for various different journeys. Yeah. And I think that's what makes life so interesting. Yeah. It's such a tapestry of different mm -hmm. events yeah. and, and uh, teachings. Yeah. I, I experienced that in the clinic too. Well, I'm a patient I haven't seen for 15 years and, they're like, uh, I'm ready to give it a shot again. And then this time it works beautifully. Yeah. And so, you know, with anything in our lives, we have to be ready to take that step. Our life has to sync up just in the right way for yeah, absolutely. that path to work. Yeah. And I think you also take from the path what you need. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to do it 100%. It yeah. And, yeah. And I think, you know, I think in this last last century especially you know and especially when coming out of all these different um cult mentalities and, and mm -hmm. there's all these documentaries going on about yeah. all these things you know in the in the 60s and 70s when a lot of this all these things were emerging yeah. the west were really hungry for something that wasn't wasn't what we we're living mm -hmm. you know and they were looking for some eastern wisdom yeah. and um uh you know, those those people showed up at the right time. Mm -hmm. But it's I think what's happening now is it's this beautiful correction where we have to look within and understand that the teacher's actually inside of us. That you are the guru. We are the guru. And not the guy in, in white who's got the all the power. Exactly. Exactly. It's you know, it's interesting. I because we have this tendency as humans that oh, oh that guy's bad now. Everything he did is wrong, yes. is bad. Throw the baby out. Like Michael bottle. Jackson or, <laughs> you know, whatever, right? We decide, oh, because they did these terrible things, mm -hmm. um, everything, everything they've done awful. is bad. Yeah. And what's, what's weird with humans, too, is sometimes some of the best things that are brought into the world are by some of the worst because it's like this balance within yeah. them, right? It's yin and yang. It's and, light and dark. Yeah. And again, this is the, and, and I don't think they start out this way, hopefully. <laughs> There's probably a little bit of that in all of us, right? But when we are given this adoration and power and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, some of us just aren't good at dealing with it. Yeah. And we take it to these extremes to get what we want. And we, that, again, Absolute power corrupts absolutely. absolutely. And I think in any form of leadership, you know, and I think, I hope this is the transition as humans we're making mm -hmm. 
is that we're moving away from the, and the internet's helping us with this, right? It is. Yeah. That we no longer have to rely, and of course, Chinese medicine has a terrible history of this too, where you have to apprentice it under someone and they're only going to give you yeah, so, much, so much, a little bit of information at a time and Very you have to do whatever they tell you to yeah. get that information. Now it's all here. And it's our roles as individuals then to take what we can from our teachers, make it something for us and help it get that balance in our world without, um, and again, the problem with gurus is not only can they, there's room for abuse, but there's also this space for us to uh, not take on our problems and solve them ourselves Mm -hmm. or, you know, just like, throw everything at the feet of the guru and yeah. if I just do everything they'll say everything It'll, will work yeah. like it, God yeah. doesn't even work that way <laughs> so your guru's not going to exactly. work that I mean, yeah. it's that quick band-aid fix that we want we want that yeah. sort of magic bullet and um, there's this if we just give our power away when we give it to somebody else like mm-hmm. that and just think they know more than we do yeah. you know, it's just coming back you know to the self-healing piece it's like we have such immense capacity to heal ourselves without mm-hmm. any intervention. Yeah. I really believe that if we can really tune in mm-hmm. and if we keep on telling somebody else, you fix me, you tell me what's wrong. Yeah. But we we don't give ourselves that the benefit of the doubt We're also just sitting and be getting into that place of stillness and listening deeply mm-hmm. to what's going on. Because yeah. we don't need a guru. We just need a guide. Exactly. And you're yes. a great guide. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what what will you be guiding us through or bringing uh, to the re- uh, Foothills Wellness Retreat? All right. Well, I am uh, excited to bring a workshop uh, all about uh, brain health and longevity. So there's uh-huh. a specific Kundalini yoga meditation that's uh, actually, I think it's the most researched meditation. Um, loads of research out of Harvard, UCLA. Um, since 2003, I think they started it. Uh, but it's all about uh, increasing longevity, reducing the risk of Alzheimer's, um, improving your memory. And they've, there's amazing research done on it on how it's actually helped to improve um, uh, the, the brain health and that the area of the hippocampus, that area of the brain that is you know, your memory center, mm-hmm. and help reduce stress. Um, it actually... Um, helps to improve your uh your the genes that promote um or your what's it your up, upgraded genes it's, i've lost them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm hitting a blank clearly That's i need okay. to go and do this meditation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um upregulated genes and mm-hmm. it, it it brings down inflammation uh it, it it stabilizes blood pressure it's pretty much checks all the boxes for good health and it's a very simple meditation um, it only takes uh, 10 minutes each day. It's, it's a combination of um, singing a mantra, using your fingers, so reflex points of the mm-hmm. fingers, um, a vision, uh, an eye gaze, a drishti. And, uh, and so we'll be doing that meditation. I'll be teaching everybody a little bit about uh, more of the research, um, the findings. So it's not just some like, oh, some yogi said this a few thousand years mm-hmm. ago. There's actually um, hard evidence. Yeah. Um, of how this meditation has worked and how it's helped people in case studies. And um, we'll do a bit of yoga 
um, as well as end with a really nice, relaxing sound bath to the symphonic oh. gong. Well, that's perfect. I'm signed up, so I'm excited. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you there. <laughs> so if someone's listening to this and they're like, I need Teresa to guide me. I want to go join up with Teresa and take some of her classes mm -hmm. you know, outside of the retreat. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me on um, my website. So that's warrior-arts.ca. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. I'll put all this in the description. Sure. Yeah. Um, and on Facebook. Uh, I've got to say, I've got to work on my social media presence a little bit more. But <laughs> You know what? I... I don't know. I, I'm not a fan and our social media, uh, in our clinic has dropped terribly since, mm -hmm. since COVID. And I always, you know, I think it's good to have some information there. So when someone looks for you, it's there. Yeah. I mean, exactly. This, you can find I have to post something every day, multiple and times a day. I'm like, <laughs> no, thank you. And if that's what I have to do to attract certain clients, I, I don't know if I want these clients. Yeah. So, you know, I, I believe putting information out there, but I I don't think any of us should let something digital become our master. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I've got other things I'm trying to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, all my details on the website. And at the moment I'm teaching on a Thursday evening uh, here in town. Okay. Uh, for It's a 90-minute class, uh, and I'm just teaching out of the Alps Hall, actually. Okay. So. Great, so, just down the road from us. Just down the road, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate great. this. I'm sure everyone's going to really enjoy your session at awesome. their wellness retreat. I look forward to it. Thank you. Right, thank you. Right.